Katie, did you watch The Sopranos again recently? Is that is that what this is? Like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like, you are so like embarrassingly like predictable. What is wrong with you? It is a good song though. But I mean, no one's saying it's not a good song, Sergio. We're saying that Katie needs to like branch out into other artistic ideas. Like, I mean, like, what, why are you like this? <laughs> no, like, no, we don't actually have time for. Time for this. Okay. We actually we've got we've got a lot to, to talk about this week. Yeah, it feels like ages since we've recorded. Like it has been, fam. Like Elsie's been like working and like figuring out how to like annihilate pollen as like a thing that happens on planet Earth. So my understanding is she's she's been keeping pretty busy with that. Yeah, yeah. How are you actually doing, Katie, you know, allergy wise? Like like it's just it's just so sad. To have this amount of like nasal and like, like, um, throat, throat, throat. We are legitimately studying science, dude. Like, tricky? No, no, that's, that's your windpipe. You, You mean like all behind your nose, yeah? That's, that's your pharynx. Okay, yeah, fine, whatever. Like, it's, yeah, it's super, super sad to have this much like pharynx. Pharyngeal inflammation. It cannot have been in any way worth it to get to the end of that thought, man. Like, like it genuinely was not. <laughs> but yeah, like we, yeah. Do you know what we do? We do have uh, a lot to talk about. There's, um, there's so much in this week's book, which is actually not the book we had mentioned at the end of the last episode. There were issues with, with getting a hold of that one. Um, so this week's book is, um, the subtweet by Vivek Shraya. But, um, before we get to that, um. Let's do a quick tour of updates. Um, Sersh, I, because I, we haven't really talked about this on on the show, but Aidan, um, is he still, you know, but the world's nearly ended there and we didn't bang again? Kind of texting you at the minute, kind of. What? Oh my God, Katie! Like, where were you for all of this? This is old news. Just like in the bathroom, dude. I don't know. Like, what's what's going on? This is insane. I can't get my voice to come down. <laughs> that is right now. That, that is piercing. <laughs> Couldn't understand any. No, it's like it's not even a thing. Like, like, yeah, he's he's back texting me, whatever. Like, but he's yeah, I don't know. He's like, oh, oh, wow. You know, you really get to thinking about things over lockdown don't you and like whatever like yeah I'm like yeah I had no idea I could get like this obsessed with washi tape I thought that's what he meant you are so adorable it actually physically hurts <laughs> legitimately like I just got like my full complement of daily vitamins just listening to you <laughs> but, but, but like what like what, did he like just like send you a dick pic then or whatever <gasps> oh my god stop like could you imagine like no 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 he's he's just like you know oh I'm going for a walk tomorrow down to like Dolly Mount you know if you wanted to come you know it'd be good to talk so, like, did you? Well, you see, I had a lot of felting to catch up on, so... <laughs> no, like, like, for ages I thought that, yeah, it might have been, like, bitchy of me or whatever, but I was talking to Tyg about it. <gasps> he oh had God, his yeah. shirt on, Chloe. My older brother does not <laughs> talk to me about Jesus. my ex-boyfriend shirtless. Oh, my God. <sighs> 
kind of ruined a fantasy, Saoirse. <laughs> like, 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 I cannot imagine talking to my brother about, like, anything other than, like, the last thing he stole out of my room. Like, you, you guys really talk about all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like, Tyke's just so sweet, you know? And, like, and he was just, yeah, he was just like, if you don't want to see someone, don't see them. You know, that's that's all there is to it. Like, And, and he's so right. Like, that's the advice that I'd give to any of you guys. How are you doing on the old uh, vitamin intake there, Sarah? Dude, like seriously, I could OD on all this wholesomeness right now. (laughs) (laughs) But like, have your folks slowed down at all, Sarah? Or like, are they needed with the whole vaccine rollout thing? Yeah, like I think things have calmed down for them a bit. Like, it's hard to tell, though. They're both like still facing off at home over when they are at home over whose department gets yeah less hospital funding and fewer staff and all that good stuff. Like, it's, it's pretty much all they talk about when they're here. It's yeah, it's pretty boring. Shit, man. Ah, hey, you do what you got to do. And, you know, now that exams are over and all our assignments are in and all that stuff, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty much OK. Like managing like washing and dinners and stuff and, you know, Derek being an actual prick um, while we were studying. That was that was less than ideal. What? He's still acting to bollocks, Sarah. Like what? Like he's what? 21? Like would your folks not kick him out? Like, ah, dude, like it's, it's just easier to keep the peace, isn't it? Like, I mean, and, you know, since they're not here that much, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. You know, you make sure their beds are empty uh, when they're going to be home and make sure that there's clean delf for them to eat off when they show up. Like, that's that's pretty much it. What you mean, make sure their beds are empty? Is that prick having parties again? Like, like, uh, you know, like there's no point in getting into it. Like, this isn't a therapy session. This is time for us to catch up. Um, Chloe, I-, I take it you have been streaming the new BTS single 24 hours a day for, for the past week? Well, like, longer, Sarah. Like, you don't get, like, to number one again on the Billboard uh, Hot 100 with, like, just, you know, 24-hour day stream. And you find extra time in, in the actual day. And, and now that I think about it, like, I don't know that I'm actually going to be any use on this episode. Because, like, for actual real, I'm seeing double I'm so tired right now. You weren't putting yourself on a water-only diet as well, were you? Okay. Okay, clean it every. All right. Now, I am I am serious right now. Do not even joke about that. Like, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional right now. Why? Why does... Why does Chungyuki Alpad do things that he knows will hurt me? So... <laughs> Shouldn't laugh. <laughs> you should. You want to explain that for the people there, Chloe? We're we're not going to spend much more time on the non-book stuff, and I really want, I really want you to get this out. Well, I, I mean, you are going to have to stop for a minute right now, so I can't compose myself, Sarah. You, you a heartless, heartless woman, you. Oh, Chloe, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, human suffering is funny, Katie. Is that what you're saying right now? But, oh, yeah, but. Okay, so I assume everyone like listening has heard the new single, Butter. I was just like low-key genuinely hoping that it would have a reference to Butter by A Tribe Called Quest. Say... You keep saying that, Sasha, and I am no closer to knowing what it is you're talking about. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, Chloe. It's not important. Um, it really is important. Everyone, please go and listen to the low-end theory from beginning to end right now. Um, we'll wait. We will not wait, Sasha Flannery. The people need to hear about Jungkook. Yo, Pat, only drinking water for the whole five days of shooting the video. Why would he do that? What? Oh, my 
God. Yeah, Katie Murphy, don't be going on like you're not at home watching all the behind the scenes footage like a stalker. The day the video drops, here, girls, the day it drops, she legitimately texts me like, OMG, Yungi rapping in English, I am dead, RIP me, family flowers only. <laughs> family flowers only is, it's a patented Katie Murphy line that, that was definitely you, Kate. Like, I, th- I think we're losing sight of the actual topic at hand here which is not Min Yoongi, um rapping in English it's 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 poor JK's health man it, that is very true Katie and like oh my god I am so annoyed with him like how can he be going around starving that body on me whoa that is that is some top-notch objectification there Chloe uh excuse me you referred to JK's admittedly very muscular body as your property Chloe yeah it is we're gonna get married and have loads of babies it's mine he's mine why what's he doing that's that's literally what objectification is man eh how you're saying he's mistreating something that belongs to you like as if he stole your stapler and then wrote his name in tipex on it okay now there are several things wrong with that all right one I'm not nearly organised enough to own my own stapler. Two, what kind of maniac writes their name on someone else's stationery? And three, like, like, Clee, technically that's her autograph, so I'm going to be okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't work under these conditions. (laughs) In that case, in that case, we should move on. Um, Though, actually, Clee, we we haven't checked in with you. You doing good? Ah, yeah, you know, things with me are pretty much exactly the same as they were before you know sleep housekeeping therapy YouTube recommendations yeah, that's, that's about it you my friend are a king amongst men seriously <laughs> and I thank you <laughs> what like like no one's gonna say anything like what problem okay like yeah like king among men Oh, like, I can't believe I have to say this, man. Yeah, here, just say it, whatever, come on. Fine, this is our first trans author, man, that we're, like, we're, we're ever covering, like, and, like, you're throwing out phrases like, you're a king amongst men. Wasn't, wasn't it supposed to be ironic? And also, shouldn't we have a woke alert there, Sarah? Yeah, sorry, I was trying to find the clip. Woke alert! <laughs> you bring it on yourself, okay? No, I don't, like, this is not okay. Like, just, uh, whether or not it's ironic doesn't matter. Uh, I would argue in this case, it does. I was talking to Clee, who I know and who has the benefit of identifying as a cis woman. So I'm personally, personally happy to surf that privilege into irony. Calling our gorgeous author Vivek a king among men would be misgendering on a scale that should be actually illegal which is why I'm not saying that about her yeah but like like yeah like I know that you know that Clee is this woman but like it's why do the irony thing at all like if you don't do it then you can't make a mistake that's the point yeah yeah that that is true I guess um but like for me right now with my friend Kleena again who I know for a fact identifies as a cis woman I'm happy right now to to own that mistake because I know it's not one like you're free to be offended on her behalf if you like and we can talk about that after the show that's yeah I took that risk on my own and and I'm cool with it but yeah if if you are genuinely offended yeah we we can talk about that absolutely maybe I do have something to learn there yeah you like like are we not going to talk about that now though like 
like like I definitely yeah like, like we were talking about this kind of separately like I just it, of course we're going to talk about like how exciting it is to like cover our first openly trans author but like oh, like I want to make sure that we're talking about the book you know and not just being like oh my god what's it like to be trans we're not even gonna get into what it is you wrote yes yeah. yes 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 this is what we were talking about and it's it's it, it really struck me like because the book isn't about being trans that's not the central theme it's not what drives the plot at all yeah yeah and like that was that was really really cool like it was super uh, weird to find myself being like disappointed when I was reading it when I found out that the book is oh god I can't believe I'm going to say this like when I found out or realised that it was just a book about women I'm doing quotes air quotes at, at my microphone like Jesus, the whole point is that trans women are women. Like, I really thought that I had sorted that out in my brain, but I still had this truly vile wish in reading the book, knowing that Vivek Shreya is, is, I don't know if we're at Vivek now. Um, I hope so. But yeah, I, 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 knowing that she's trans, that, that I had this wish to like see that gone into in detail in the book and seeing people having to navigate their lack of privilege being in this minority group and yeah that I would feel sorry for them and that was the point of reading it like that was a blah. like I know like it's oh god it's Jesus Christ oh my god Chloe why you oh. having flashbacks dude like yeah like I actually remembering things I was thinking when I was reading it like like there's a bit where Rukmini she mentions that like just in passing that she's trans well, I don't remember that did you read like way too fast, man? It yeah, it's a sickness. You've never missed like a whole character backstory point before, though. It's a really quick like aside that she she makes. Like I think she just says something about being a brown trans girl, and like that's it. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, you guys we're we're getting distracted here from from Chloe's shame. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yes, you're having shame flashbacks right now, Chloe. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Fine. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just so gross. Like, I was, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I was, like, I was real disappointed that there wasn't any talk about, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about this. I, I want to apologize to everybody listening. But, like, I, I, the actual thought I had was, oh, my God, we're moving away from this now. But I want to know. Oh my god! Like I, I didn't choose these words. My brain did, but I want to know how trans Rukmini is. Shit, dude! Oh my god! Oh my god! just say fuck for Jesus' sake. You, you can't joke your way out of this. That is incredibly not okay. Like, it, like you're recorded saying that right now. Oh my God, Katie, you didn't even catch in the book that Rukmini was trans. Like, has that for erasure? Well, like, I don't, I don't know that I agree with that. Like, the, what we were beginning to talk about there was that, yeah, I really liked that, like, not making a big deal about it. We got to interact with Rukmini purely as a woman like keeping her transness I suppose like I assume you meant Chloe like how trans meaning whether she'd had surgery yeah I'm so sorry everybody it just I, I'm so sorry it's not okay I, was, I just 
oh my god like genuinely I just can't yeah but like the, the fact is yeah we, we got to interact with Rukmini purely as a woman keeping her transness out of it for the whole story like with one mention in there to allow folks that have more work to do like us it seems to 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 notice that and notice that they're hung up on the fact that she's trans and they want to know more about the details of that process as opposed to knowing more about this actual human being, this person. That's, yeah, I, I thought that that was really cool and really, it was it was such a tiny thing and it created this, this bombshell for like all of us. Especially you, Katie. What? Dude, I did not have any of those thoughts. Because you assumed she was cis, dude. No, I I didn't think of her as trans or cis. I guarantee that the idea of someone being not trans or cis is them being cis in your mind. No. Okay. It's not. Okay, it's, yeah, I'm not arguing with Here, you. Lads, like, as much as I enjoy, uh, like, raking Katie over calls, we're missing out on book time here. Like, I'm I'm not a homophobe, you guys. I'm not d- discriminatory against any member of the LGBTQ plus, like, community. It's Pride Month, you guys. Do not make me sound like a bigot, okay? Because I'm not. No, no, you're not. That's, that is true. Like... Like, I didn't think I was, though, is the thing. And I think I found, like, evidence to the contrary right now. A bigot is, that's a big, like, I don't know if we're bigoted, man. I, we're lazy. How do you mean? Well, like, oh, man, I wanted to talk about the book first. But yeah, do you know what? Here, we're, here we are and we're talking about this now. So, do you know what? Let's, let's stick with it. What are we, if not queens of the pre-book tangent, Sarah? <laughs> That is very true. <laughs> so, so yeah, obviously we are here to talk about the subtweet, which we are going to do. But, um, yeah, after reading it, we were just all so in love with Ms. Trya that we also read her meditation on gender, uh, which is also available. Um, I'm Afraid of Men. And if I remember correctly, one Miss Katie Murphy found the real-life thought of a pre-op trans woman in the gym changing room very challenging. Mm. Like, oh. Right? The thing, right? Mm. The thing no, about that No, 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 Katie. Oh, you're caught. No, like, like. <laughs> no. Oh, man. No, like, it is hard. Like, because it'd be real scary to see a willy in the no willy zone. That's, that's what the ladies changing room is. It's a no willy zone. It's not allowed. It's for safety. And that's the thing. Like, we're taught that a certain measure has to be taken for our safety. And that makes us apply this super broad rule that results in removing rights from a whole bunch of people for a super arbitrary reason. Like, like in Japan, you can't go to a bathhouse if you have a tattoo. Sarah, what the Jesus does that have to do with anything? No, 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 no. It's a really good point, actually. Yeah, you're right, Sarah. In Japan, bathhouses or hot springs, you usually can't use them if you have a tattoo because it's something that's associated with organized crime. Okay. So if I go to Japan, I won't go to a bathhouse. Who cares? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But then what if you were on like an organized trip or something to a traditional Japanese inn um, and there's only a hot spring? That's that's the only facility for like washing. There are no showers. So because of a physical attribute of yours, you wouldn't have access to the facilities, the lovely facilities to wash yourself that everyone else does. 
No, that's not true. No, no, it is true. Yeah, you'd be washing yourself in the sink or paying extra to use the hot spring privately so you wouldn't offend the other guests. But that's, that's not okay. Like, I'm not into bleeding Yakuza. Yeah, and Rukmini isn't a man. Yeah, it is laziness, isn't it, man? Like, yeah, like being too lazy or like too much of a sap to like confront the fears you have and be sort of like, what's the actual likelihood of something bad happening here? And if something bad does happen, isn't it the fact that the person that did it is an asshole and not the fact that we're doing our best to include everybody here? Like, it's not the case that we shouldn't have let them in to begin with. It's the fact that they're a prick and we need to take legal action against them. But like, like when you see a willy that you didn't ask to see, like that's a sex crime, isn't it? Well, like, like, like what's going on with said willy? Like what's that supposed to mean, Sarah? Like for real? Like, well, like is someone waving it in your face? Is it dangerously close to your ass? Has someone placed googly eyes on it? Oh my God. I would want to be best mates with anyone that does it. Could any of our listeners who put googly eyes on their penis just contact us because I, I want to be your best friend? Hard same. Yes, I would also like to get in on that action. <laughs> but, but yeah, somebody doing that is... Yes, committing a crime in the case of the googly eyes, a crime of awesomeness. But in the other cases, that is not okay, regardless of whether it's a willy or a lala that we're talking about. Oh my God, could you imagine someone coming up and waving their lala in your actual face? Yeah, or like rubbing it seductively on your leg. Oh my God, oh my God. Like, I'm actually going to get sick right now. Okay, okay, yeah. But then as a counterpoint, let's say Rukmini is in the changing room with you. And let's just say, for argument's sake, she's pre-op or she doesn't want an op or whatever. Um, her willy, her choice. And her willy is just over with her, hanging out, being <laughs> being a willy on, until she gets dressed. We are seven years old, Katie. <laughs> I know. It's, like, it's a really good point. <laughs> hanging out, though. This is very good. This is very good, Sarah. It is. It is very good. You did ruin the point though I did um, but yeah so yeah you'd, you'd like what's the problem there like yeah okay I've got a lot of work to do like the, the, the fact of the matter is that like the subtweet yeah it's not about transness which thinking about it it's actually like a super rebellious act on the part of, of Ms. Shreya like like we like we said, yeah, the, the story, it's about two women and the friendship that they cultivate with each other. We found out, um, or rather we find out, like like Sir says, just in passing that like one of the women, Rukmini, is, is trans. But that is like the first and only reference to gender identity in the story. The story is like 100% about these two women and their relationship with each other, which like is decidedly cool. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, like if we start with the, the queen among everyone that uh, that wrote this <laughs> joyous situation. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, Vivek Shraya is an artist whose body of work crosses the boundaries of music, literature, visual art, theatre and film. Her books include I'm Afraid of Men, The Subtweet, Even This Page is White, She of the Mountains, Death Threat and The Boy and the Bindi. And her album with queer songbook orchestra, Part-Time Woman, was nominated for the Polaris Music Prize. She is one half of the music duo Too Attached and is the founder of the Arsenal Pulp Press imprint VS Books. A six-time Lambda Literary Award finalist, Vivek was a Pride Toronto Grand Marshal, was featured on The Globe and Mail's Best Dress List and has received honours from the Writers' 
Trust of Canada and that was hard to say <laughs> the Writers <laughs> Trust of Canada and the Publishing Triangle she is a director on the board of the Tegan and Sarah Foundation and an assistant professor of creative writing at the University of Calgary um, <laughs> in the rundown of the subtweet um, everyone talks about falling in love but falling in friendship can be just as captivating. When Nila Devaki's song is covered by internet famous artist Rukmini, the two musicians meet and a transformative friendship begins. But as Rukmini's star rises and Nila's stagnates, jealousy and self-doubt creep in. With a single tweet, their friendship implodes. One career is destroyed and the two women find themselves at the centre of an internet firestorm. Celebrated multidisciplinary artist Vivek Shraya's second novel is a stirring examination of making art in the modern era, a love letter to brown women, an authentic glimpse into the music industry and a nuanced exploration of the promise and peril of being seen. Well, that's just very good. God, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna need to get stuck into the excerpt, I think, um, if we're gonna get this episode finished like today. No, like for real. Like I feel so bad for eating up all that time at my bigoted laziness, right there. Okay, like don't be like that. Yeah, dude. Like these conversations, like that's that's kind of why we wanted to do this series, right? Well, like, like real talk. Like I kind of wanted to do this series because I thought that like it would end up basically just being oh my god like let's celebrate Clee being gay and it was Chloe's idea like where is she going for her best ally 2021 award like, kind of you are so problematic man it actually physically hurts okay you told me five times in one week about the time you fixed that guy's hat on the Lewis because he had cerebral palsy and couldn't do it himself dude that was different I noticed he was struggling and offered like nobody asked me to do it that it is so problematic that you would look for recognition for like what should have just been like normal human human soundness Katie yeah like I mean I didn't tell anyone about that time I held the door open for the person walking behind me Katie <laughs> that one time yes yes the one and only time I did that like the Guardian are looking for op-eds on transformative acts of human kindness right now Clay. oh my god you're right yeah I, I can't believe this is going to be my big break <laughs> <laughs> so that we yeah so that we can have it on record actually that we knew you before you were famous would you Ms. Clina Devery future leader of the woke ass far left do us the honour of reading this excerpt well I mean provided all future bookings go through my publicist of, of course yeah <laughs> uh, okay yeah Nila Nila Devaki was an original she was reminded of this fact shortly after she stepped out of her cab and into the Fairmont Hotel, the main site for the North by Northeast Festival. Zipping through the masses of musicians, fans and industry reps, she felt sorry for the chandeliers, which loomed above like golden flying saucers, forced to light up the dull networking that buzzed beneath them. But a conversation between two art students draped in curated thriftware featuring strategically placed rips and holes brought Nila to a reluctant halt. I was totally working on something like this for my final project. I guess originality really is dead, one of the women sighed, taking photos of herself, dock-faced, with a pop-up art installation. Nila skimmed the artist's statement. Defrosted toothpick statues of penises were a comment on the current global epidemic of white demasculization. Why not just hang a red and white flag that says make art great again? Brevity was the true endangered species. You should still do it. All the good ideas are taken anyways. Isn't that kind of freeing? replied the otter. Nila snorted. She would never offer that sort of comfort to a stunted peer. No wonder she was bored with most of the art she encountered. 
She considered sharing with these young women that she always knew she was on the verge of invention at the precise moment when originality felt impossible. That instead of surrendering to despair, she would needle in and out through her brain until an idea surfaced. Naked, stripped of predictability and familiarity. That this process often required her to sing a phrase over and over for hours until the syllables carved their own unique melody out of hollow air. She was certain that the reiteration planted the words in her vocal cords so that when she sang them, they carried the imprint of her body. By embedding herself into the song, she muted any risk of passing off mimicry as art. Why wasn't fully committing to creation more desirable than observing what everyone else was doing and doing the same? But defending the sanctity of originality to strangers at an art exhibition, exhibition, oh Jesus, (laughs) defending the sanctity of originality to strangers at an art exhibit, Jesus Christ, would make her seem like an egomaniac. And no one listens to a cocksure woman. Or a culchy with a lisp. But anyway, let's move on. Instead, she resumed her course, shunning the other art displays jammed in between information tables towards the elevators at the back. Once inside the ornate elevator, she furiously punched the kissing triangles button to avoid being invaded by a friendly small talker. When she arrived at the room for the panel, she glared at the race and music human-sized banner. Only someone who thought they didn't have a race could come up with that title. Unable to differentiate between panel discussions and group therapy sessions, she had almost declined this invitation until she beheld the glimmering word honorarium. She wasn't in a financial position to refuse this rare offer of compensation. A volunteer, modelling last season's lilac grey hair, blocked the entrance, wagging the festival brochure at Nila. I'm sorry, but this one is full. Would you like to see the list of other events scheduled for this afternoon? Nila turned away and stared at the escalator ascending into the sunlight on the main floor. Before she could rush towards it, another volunteer tapped her on the shoulder. Nila, we're so glad to have you join us today. It's Nila. Good to be here, she lied and turned to face a man who looked like an overgrown boy or a male comedian with white tipped near erupting microvolcanoes under his moustache stubble. Gross. Ugh. Right, of course. Nila. Like Sheila, he said, playfully slapping his head. My name is Mikey, by the way. Mickey, she responded, but he didn't hear her as he placed his palm on her back and guided her into the room. She was rarely nervous before an event and was puzzled by her uncharacteristic perspiration. She worried Mikey could feel her sweat through her ruby blouse until she realised that the wetness was coming from his hand. Ew, oh, oh, oh. She struggled casually. Oh no, sorry. She she was struggling, but she also shrugged casually. She shrugged casually, but his fingers clung to her even when she stumbled over the sneakers of the men in graphic tees and chinos who had filled the standing room area at the back of the the hotel ballroom. When they reached the stage, Mikey quickly introduced her to the four panellists, three men and one woman, all of whom appeared to be in their 20s. They each greeted each other with variations of so honoured to meet you. She would have gladly reciprocated, but her diligent moderator research had left her unimpressed. Thank you all for joining us for today's exciting talk on race and music, Mikey announced into the mic. The audience applauded enthusiastically, their festival lanyards flapping. As you know, he paused until the applause trailed off. As you know, this recent issue is one that we need to think more about. 
and to get things started, we have... He paused again, this time interrupted by the volunteer bouncer uh, Nila had encountered outside the room who was racing towards him, waving a, fl- a folded note. Oh, and uh, of course, we acknowledge that we are on Indigenous land, he said. Also, uh, a big thank you to our sponsors. Without taking up too much more time, I want to introduce the moderator for today's panel, Nyla Devaki. Mikey gestured at her with his sweaty hand and grinned. The audience applauded again. She smiled back at him with all of her teeth because she was a consummate professional, even if she wasn't getting paid enough for this bullshit. I have her bio here, but I think it goes without saying how amazing this human is and how lucky we are to have her with us today. Then Mikey read the panellists' bios, each one longer than the one before and all of them featuring copious adjectives. Visionary, distinct, powerful, influential, hyperbolic comparisons to music pioneers, Billie Holiday, Marvin Gaye, Joni Mitchell and exhaustive exhaustive lists, Jesus, this is hard, exhaustive lists of accolades acquired from organisations that Neela had never heard of. Sedated by the monotony of manufactured praise and the stench of carpet cleaner, she almost didn't hear Mikey say, take it away, Nyla. After firming her posture and taking a sip of water that she wished was vodka, Nila posed her first question. What do you think is your most valuable skill or trait as a racialized musician? She'd considered starting with a softer question, perhaps about one of the panelists' inspirations or current projects, but why waste time? All the male panelists reached out for her mic to respond, but she handed it to the brown woman, despite her grandiose all-caps name. My most valuable skill as a POC singer is that I am here, Rukmini declared, pointing to the stage. I didn't grow up seeing musicians like me on TV or in magazines, and I still don't really see people like me out there. Representation matters, you know? Some people of colour in the audience poetry snapped while the rest of the audience loudly applauded again. The slender, white, androgynous person who was crocheting in the first row nodded their head as vigorously as they hooked their strawberry strawberry yarn into what looked like the beginnings of a pussy hat. Nila tussled her short cropped hair, disturbed by the idea that simply showing up or existing was a skill. How was that different from being white? Rukmini beamed in her large costume gold earrings, bangles and rings. She looked like she had just stepped out from a little India shopping spree. Maybe this is why the audience were so captivated by her. Their Bollywood dreams come true. Nila hoped that the other panellists would respond by describing their rigorous creative practices or by highlighting how they drew on their cultural ancestry or family influences. But each response was distressingly similar. A low bar and a lack of remorse and an overuse of the word folks. Were they composing their answers for applause or were they being sincere? Which was worse? What might POC art that isn't just a response to a lack of representation or oppression sound or look like? This was the question Nila wanted to follow up with, but she didn't think the panellists or the audience were interested in tackling this. Instead, she asked, can all of you speak to the systematic barriers you face in your career and how it impacts your artistry? Still attempting to redirect the discussion to a core issue. The discussion devolved into a bitch fest about the perils of public exposure and social media. Embarrassed by the panellists complaining in public about being public personas on Twitter, Nila kept her gaze away from the audience and on the neon green spike tape beside her pointed flats. 
given that she had never even heard of the panellists prior to this event, the real danger seemed to be that the internet made everyone believe they were a lot more famous than they actually were. Once Neela returned home from the panel, she raced to the shower. She scrubbed her body with her loofah, hoping to wash away the memory of the panel. She couldn't brush off Rukmini's comment about the lack of people like her. Presumably she meant otter brown women. How could she talk about her invisibility sitting next to Neela? Unless she didn't actually see her. Stepping out of the shower, her body dripped a trail of large water coins. She beheld her reflection in the slowly defogging mirror. Rukmini was right. Neela was nothing like her. Six months prior to the panel, Rukmini wouldn't have called herself a musician despite clicking away in her new basement studio space. Instead of recording, she was blowing another evening tumbling through a YouTube wormhole. We have all been there. (laughs) Creating her YouTube account had been a gesture of allyship. A troll had been shit-talking too attached in the comments for their diversity video and Rukmini was livid. Her options were A. To continue composing clever rebuttals that would have no impact because she never posted them or B. To respond directly. Popular advice was that responding was a waste of time and that she should ignore the comments. But what was a better use of time than fighting hate? She found herself procrastinating on writing her Toronto Tops articles about the city's best hot dog salad or hottest pansexual party by visiting any of the eight boxes of recommended videos displayed at the bottom of her homepage. Kay Ray, Aparna Nancherla, Hassan Minhaj comedy clips and makeup tips. After a couple of weeks, she branched off into the world of daredevil stunts and gradually began paying attention to the number of views as well as the actual videos. Before she had started her own account, YouTube had been a place to find old music videos and upcoming movie trailers. She had never thought about it as a distinct medium with its own personality. YouTube popularity seemed to defy the cultural value of aesthetics and even quality. Crisp or informative content rarely won more views. Lo-fi sibling gag videos reliably had higher stats than big budget American music videos. This triumph of the everyday over the exceptional fascinated and comforted her. After she'd hustled through her 20s, YouTube made her feel as though she didn't have to try so hard. Eventually, her fixation with beatboxing competition videos led her to music production lessons. Welcome to the 21st century. There are tutorials for everything on YouTube, Sumi chided her when Rukmini shared her discovery before their monthly pitch meeting. But these videos are so comprehensive. Rugmini gestured at the YouTube page on her sticker-covered laptop. I think there might even be a story here, something along the lines of Toronto youth turning to YouTube for accessible education instead of traditional schools. I think Toronto's trending YouTubers is closer to what they want around here to be hitch. She and Sumi had met after Rugmini started working at Toronto Tops. Rukmini had been admiring Sumi's oversized men's blazer at their first staff meeting when Sumi said to her in a monotone, so you're diverse too. When Rukmini retorted, and you must be diverse one, Sumi's manicured left eyebrow had lifted. From then on, she and Sumi always sat together at meetings and signed off emails to each other with D1 and D2. Sometimes they, accidentally, signed emails to the rest of the team with their abbreviated nicknames, which their colleagues never acknowledged. The advice columnist, a white gay guy who lived in a front street condo that his parents had bought for him, had once signed an email they sent about a pride-related pitch as D3. They didn't reply. 
Sumi's dry but realistic response prevented Rukmini from making her pitch, but didn't stop her from wanting to watch the tutorials. Writing for Toronto Tops was generally amusing and had covered her rent for the past five years, but constantly chasing a story had made her feel submissive. She felt nostalgic for a time when she was more in control, when her creativity and skills were poured into something more meaningful than generating clickbait. Isn't it mental that Neela and Rukmini ended up being bestos? Like, for real? Like, genuinely, like, I've forgotten just how different they are. Like, you sort of get past that when you start reading it proper, you know? Yeah, like, and oh man, Clee, dude, like, that was, like, awesome. Like, I remember when I was reading that chapter the first time around, I remember thinking it was, like, super wordy and, like, it took me a while to, like, get into the flow of the book. Like, you read too fast, man. That is the issue here. Also, like, I I genuinely got so many words wrong there. Like, genuinely. You, You got, like, Three words wrong there, man. And like, it, it, it was like, yeah, you're reading it at like an actual human pace. Yeah, like I genu- I do read too fast. Like, I, I, like, oh man. And I bet I thought when it got to Rukmini's section that like, I just thought I was getting into the swing of the writing instead of there being a tone change there. Why am I so weird, man? <laughs> like, no, I, yeah, I noticed that. Like, yeah, I really like how device changes so clearly when we're looking at, yeah, Rukmini versus Nila. Uh, which I found weird because it's not like it's a first person narrative or anything. It's just, yeah, it was very cool that there was that tone change there, even though we're looking in from outside. Like, yeah, really, really cool. Actually, do you know what? Before we get into too much detail on any of this, let's actually take a sec so we can all grab, a, you know, a bathroom break and you guys can listen to some totally, you know, not imaginary advertising for some much needed services at the very real college that we attend. Smooth. Not breaking the fourth wall is important, man. Well, well, clearly. <laughs> so you guys hang tight. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a few with more Chicklet for Life. Don't go anywhere. COVID-19 is easing. With the vaccine rollout and a plan to reopen DUC campus in the coming months, we're going to be meeting again in person very soon. The move from online courses to in-person lectures will be an adjustment for everyone. And we at DUC Student Support are here to help. Our Interaction 101 course is a free series of online lectures available all summer, covering the basics of human interaction that you may have forgotten. Group projects. You can't turn off your camera in person. Learning how to suppress your eye roll reflex. Lecture attendance. There's no mute button in lecture halls how to not keep a running commentary of how boring this is out loud during class. Student interaction, normal human clothing that is not elasticated, and regular shower schedules, our post-pandemic Everest. We're all going to need help reintegrating into society, and DUC wants to help. Life 101 at DUC Student Support. We want to help you get a life. DUC Student Support Life 101 is not a replacement for psychoanalytic or psychodynamic therapy, addiction support, or criminal rehabilitation. DUC does not accept responsibility for any lawsuits, restraining orders, or financial loss incurred by students upon their return to the on-campus activities. Please visit getalife.duc.campus for more information. Terms and conditions apply.
you know, that is not a bad idea. It's like, dude, it is terrifying how easy it is to like just forget nearly 20 years of like how to be around people in a super short time. Like wearing leggings for like a year straight will do that to you, Katie. Like, like, I do not want to think about the possibility of like wearing clothes that are like not from the loungewear section of whatever website I'm on. Not like, not like, can you imagine like when we're not at home no more to like get all the deliveries? Like I can't have me mum taking in deliveries for me. She'd be wearing me crop tops before I can even get me hands on them. Wow. Now, you think I miss them, but that L1 has my wardrobe bleeding ravaged between her and them two vultures in there. I, I, I'm I, lucky that I have anything to wear at all. We have not heard from Kylie and Grace in a while, Chloe. How are they getting on? Like, did they have a decent lockdown? Did they have a decent lockdown? They decided that in addition to the whole YouTube makeup tutorial situation, they also wanted to become, and I quote, more active on TikTok. So being more active on TikTok for some reason involves charging into my room when I'm asleep or like waking me up blasting Doja Cat into my actual face on their phones it's not funny Katie it's pretty funny man it's like Guantanamo Bay in my actual room they're, they're, they're taking pictures of my face at point blank range Katie with a flash on this is in direct violation of the Geneva Convention and the UN have done nothing to address it oh my god I just can't <laughs> I don't do for anyone. Anyone just joining us? We are talking about the subtweet by Vivek Shreya and not the human rights violations that are going on right now in the Cullen household. It's like they're not even getting that many views. Like, what's the point? <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, seriously. I mean, can I can I get serious? Could you just let the girl get serious for a second? Yeah, like, I mean, I really think we just need to get serious for a second. I mean, can I get serious right now? If it means that this bit is concluded, please, by all means, be serious. Ouch, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, just just like just listening to the excerpt, like, yeah, you'd never in a million years think that Nila and Rukmini would be friends. Like, seriously. And like, they, they are very different, like, off the bat. But like, the main reason reading the book that you think there's no way they can be friends is because they keep jumping to conclusions, like, like, not even jumping to conclusions. They keep like writing like five novels in their own heads about what the other person is like thinking and feeling at any given moment most of which is inaccurate yeah yeah it felt like that was like a central like if not the central like idea like anchoring the book and kind of moving it forward which actually doesn't make any sense anyway forget I said that but yeah like like at the very beginning you have Neela being like all low-key superior to everyone around her but like the hostility she feels it's all internal when you think about it like she actually keeps all of that eye-rolling Jesus Christ why does no one want to treat me or my work with the respect we deserve like to herself if anything from the outside she probably looks a little submissive she's looking down on stage at her feet to keep herself from looking down on the people she's hosting the panel with oh oh that's a soundbite right there (laughs) okay (laughs) but yeah she she immediately yeah when she's there she immediately casts Rukmini as as someone that's tried on the costume of an artist kind of for for clout or exposure or whatever and and Nila like assumes her work is mediocre assumes Rukmini's work is is mediocre because she's never heard it um, but has she never heard it because of the lack of visibility of brown people in music or because the work isn't good 
and she she jumps to a conclusion about that. Yeah, she writes that story herself, and she she takes Rukmini's comment about the importance of visibility to mean that Neela's work therefore isn't visible to her, and therefore isn't worthwhile. Yeah, like, and I remember being like real taken aback, like when it came up that Rukmini was actually like a Neela stan, yeah, like a proper Neela stan, like such a big Neela stan, like that you felt a little bad for her. Oh, like. Chloe, that's so- yeah, if you found out I was DMing J.K. Alpat on Twitter asking him to go for coffee with me, you would sit me down and talk to me about my life. Do not pretend that you wouldn't, Saoirse. DMing a local musician to ask him out for coffee and DMing a worldwide K-pop star that isn't even in the same country as you, like, that's not the same thing, Chloe. So what are you saying? Like, you don't think he's going right back or... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, like, but it did, it did feel like Nia and Rukmini, they were, like, comparing themselves to each other a lot. And by a lot, I mean, like, all the actual time. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I thought that that might have been motivated, kind of, like, there's, there's this sense, and it's, it's very slowly changing, that, like, there's only one, there's only room for one person of colour in, like, any discipline or genre. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, there's that story um, that I think Neil Brennan told at a show one time about when they went to pitch, him and Dave Chappelle went to pitch Chappelle's show to a network. And um, their response was, I mean, we already have Chris Rock. I don't think we need to have this, too. Jesus. Yeah, like it didn't make sense that you'd want to be the version of the brown girl or the black girl or the gay girl that makes it because there's, yeah, there's only room for one of you. Like, I don't remember Rigmini like comparing herself to Neela all that much. Like her assuming that Neela is more of an artist than she is and like standing her the way she does. That's a kind of a comparison, like putting someone on a pedestal like that means that you think you're lower down. Like, and all that online checking and like story writing that Rukmini does it's so in line with that like after they meet for coffee and Rukmini is checking her feed against Neela's and the people that Neela follows and feeling like she comes up short in like the artistic ranks against that like she feels that what she's saying is like less authentic less authentic and more shallow I tried to make a new word there and it didn't work no it didn't <laughs> but, like, but that that kind of is what Neela thinks of Rukmini though but she hasn't shared that with Rukmini is the thing. Like, I think at the end of that passage where Rukmini's like checking her her feed against Nilas and all that kind of stuff, like she sends like a damage control DM to make sure that she hasn't like ruined things for like the potential friendship. And like she's made up a whole situation that may or may not be true and she's acting on it. And it's horrible. Yeah. And like the thing is, like they end up getting on so well because they're so different. Yeah, I really, really like that. Like like the fact that Rugmini is like so like innocent kind of and fun. Oh my God. Yeah, she is like so funny and like so sweet. Like like I felt like Nila knew herself really well. Like she she was almost I don't know, curated in how she approaches like her life and her work. Like the way she talks about making music in the excerpt at the beginning, that that it's like a part of herself that she has to know it inside out before she puts it out there. Like like yeah. Whereas Rukmini 
she's like learning all the time figuring stuff out super open to life like super okay with ambiguity like even to the point where she she tries to figure out what her housemate is cooking just from the smell and continues to get it wrong and keeps trying just for the sake of the experience like they're both very different ways to approach everyday life yeah and like it was cool to like see them use things to like learn from each other through their friendship like like Neela notices that Rukmini is mad for like making noises like like, instead of answers like hmm sort of stuff in response to like a question and at the beginning Nula's all like hey have an opinion come on but then afterwards she starts using like hmm as an answer herself like she sees the value in not having to commit to an opinion or a stance like straight out of the gate like giving herself that space to figure stuff out with that kind of approach I just I just thought it was a really cool thing for two people hanging out to like teach each other about yeah I remember that actually and like and, and Rigmini kind of got a feeling I thought that like she's the same as Neela like she she put her up on this pedestal like like you start saying and then like they're in Rigmini's like bedroom later on like listening to records trading ideas about music and all that stuff like yeah like that's pretty cool now that I think of it yeah yeah and the thing is then there's there's also the professional jealousy thing like, and that's a very real, like, situation and super tough. Like, people's work gets recognised for, like, a bunch of different reasons. And those reasons don't necessarily mean that anything is, like, better or worse than than the next thing. Unless it's Love Yourself Answer. Correct. Unless it's Love Yourself Answer, the BTS album. Um, that is just a perfect album. Anyone who has an issue with that can fight us. Come at me, bro. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, professional jealousy. Rukmini covers one of Neela's songs. Every song. Yeah, that's, that's the song we played in the intro, actually. Good call for reminding me of that, Kay. I would have 100% forgotten to mention it. I appreciate you. It's what friends do, man. <laughs> so, so yeah, something really cool here is that Vivek Shreya, um, as a multidisciplinary artist and who also makes music, uh, you know, she properly made Neela's Every Song, which is very cool. And then also Rukmini's um, cover version of it. So, I mean, that we, we tried to, to play both of them at the beginning. But anyway... Um, yes, in in the book, um, that that happens. Obviously, Nila has this song. Every song, Rukmini covers it, and and like, I think that's the reason she and Rukmini meet up. Well, it's it's not really clear. Um, Rukmini does the cover. Nila retweets it. They meet up, and Rukmini brings it up. But Nila's like taken aback that she does. Like, it's not something she thought Rukmini would want to talk about. But like. It'd have something to do with them meeting up, right? Yeah, I I couldn't really kind of figure that one out or kind of figure out what I thought about it anyway. Like, like, and I get that it's the first time we see the two of them together and talking, but like that scene, it's like super clear or something about like how different both of them are in their approach to things. Like, like Nila has clearly worked so hard to put her work out there and she's like incredibly proud that she made it out of nothing. So much so that like she sort of looks down on people that take something that's already out there and and make it into something different, like someone does with a cover. And I thought that was a, like an important like like moment of like realization or whatever. Like when when Nila like did listen to 
Rickmini's version of the song and like realized that she had like added something major to it and like made the song like a lot more than it was to begin with and that like Rickmini's like production style or whatever like when she saw that that was like way more like all over the place than the way Nilo got it and like it didn't matter for like how the song ended up like like that there isn't necessarily a right way to do things like what whatever what matters is that it works for like you and like after that like Nila just seems to like soften a lot and like get into this big sister kind of role with Rukmini which which is kind of yes yeah, it's, it's nice like but it would be boring if that was the end of the story lovely but but yes boring <laughs> so, so while while the two girls are like yeah falling in friendship um yeah we have a situation occur whereby an old album that Rukmini put together with a friend of hers in college it surfaces and the world at large loves it like capital L capital loves it and like what's what's interesting about that album is it's sort of it's sort of a bunch of covers too or not you know it, it you could depending on what way you look at it it's both a cover and not a cover yeah so like in college um Rukbini was was taking women's studies um and she and her classmate Malika have a final presentation to do and basically as a result of their overall shared awesomeness they put together a set of tracks with the more compelling course material performed by Rukmini over them then Rukmini recites their written assignment like between the tracks so awesome mind genuinely yeah like based on the the topic i guess of of the the assignment they the the performance or like the recording or whatever it's it's named as subaltern speaks and and it becomes a low-key kind of college hit you know um but but malika and rukmini they they fall out um following that uh, they don't talk for a long time and and then out of nowhere the album is leaked online um, kind of after the traction Rukmini gets with her cover of, of every song. But like that's not when everything kind of blows up with Rukmini and Nila. Like it, like Nila's like real supportive like when they're both still in Toronto. Like it wasn't until like Rukmini went on that stupid tour with that Taylor Swift wannabe that things got proper weird. It's that jumping to conclusions kind of storytelling thing again. Right. So yeah, Rukmini goes on tour after Nila preps her like loads and they work together a ton and they're just they're this great unit for for kind of the weeks leading up to to Rukmini going on on tour um, but then like the second Rukmini kind of leaves like the online interactions between the two women and and them filling in the blanks themselves that all starts and it's just oh my god it's just a train wreck so like you know the way Rukmini says at one stage that subtweeting is like a way for brown girls to communicate in code because it feels unsafe to say what you really think. Like, like that feeds into all of this, right? Right. So, yeah. So obviously, like the whole like idea or whatever of a subtweet is a big part of the book, like big enough to name the whole book after. So... Yeah, there's actually a bit in the book that I underlined that just for folks that might not be familiar with the term that are listening, um, that sort of tells us what a subtweet is, where Rukmini explains the, the whole idea. Um, 
so and kind of yeah what you're talking about there Kay sorry <laughs> yeah so so Rukmini and Nila are having a DM conversation um, so they're texting each other um, for those of us that don't use um, Instagram or Twitter uh, when they're actually standing beside each other at a gig um, they, they didn't want to shout at each other and they opted to text instead um, so Nila's answering Rukmini's question about why she's never liked any of her online posts like actually hit like um, and Nila's explaining that she only likes stuff um, actively likes hits the like button on stuff she actually dislikes in real life it's easier than kind of deciding where to bestow her support publicly if that makes sense um, so yeah um, so the conversation where we come in um, is is starting with Rukmini. Um, so yeah, hate liking seems so unlike you though. I could say that about you and your tweets. That's coming from Nila. Nila was starting to feel confined under her dress and regretted choosing long sleeves over short. Which tweets? Rukmini squeezed her eyes as though the brightness of her phone had dimmed. A lot of them are cryptic. Why not just say what you mean? Oh, Rukmini said aloud, then typed, lol, you mean my subtweets? Yes, sometimes it feels like the only way to talk about guys or YT people without worrying about the consequences, you know? Isn't that passive aggressive? Nila didn't know why she texted this. She understood what Rukmini was saying and agreed with her. She glanced up at the piano on stage and wished they were both inside it, their phones off and out of reach. I see how it could seem that way, but for me, it's kind of an act of resistance. How so? If I could just tell a man directly that he's being an asshole and trust that he would listen, I would. Always a risk, though. Upside down face emoji. Hmm, she said out loud, unconsciously emulating Rukmini. It's the first time that happens. Um, she waited to respond, watching Rukmini continue to text, her freshly painted aqua nails rippling up and down. So I substreet. I say what I need to say and I move on. You should try it. So so yeah, like a subtweet is one of those cryptic tweets where people be like, sometimes you find out who your real friends are. Hashtag find your own man. Hashtag slut. Whoa. <laughs> that sounds kind of a little too specific to be just made up right there, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. One of the wags in uh, Dee's friend group. So wags is a, a footballer's wives term, wives and girlfriends, just for folks that aren't into football um, or the Daily Mail that might be listening. Um, but yeah, yeah. One of the wags in his group thought that I was like hitting on her boyfriend at some party Dee had once. Um, yeah, it, it got kind of ugly. Like he... He offered to open my beer, like with he had this bottle opener on his keyring because I don't know D had hidden the our bottle opener. I don't know, um, but like that's it. That's all that happened. And then like the next day, I've got like once he's over his hangover, D berating me about how I've ruined everything with this guy and that girl he's been trying to get off with for years, and it was like entirely my fault. But like, why is she tweeting about like? knowing who her real friends are you weren't her friend like he's your brother yeah it's like D said that it was like aimed at him and you know the way the whole universe revolves around him yeah exactly so like yeah even though that means that like the hashtag didn't make any sense I don't know point is subtweets are dangerous um, if you can just say what's on your mind you should otherwise people will make stuff up and tell you you've ruined an entire friendship they'd had for years even though that is in no way the case like I do kind of understand the idea of doing it though if you're like in this super horrible situation where someone is being 
yeah, super racist or super sexist and you're sort of forced by their like mountain of privilege to be like the best version of yourself in that situation. Like like you hear it in stories black women tell about being mistreated in the US and they have to be like super careful about their reaction to avoid being written off as like angry black woman number two. Yeah, like I'm listening to like two dope queens again and like, yeah, Phoebe Robinson has a bunch of those stories. Um, like people are the worst, man. And like feeling like you can just lose your temper because you're entitled to but other people aren't like like dude yeah and then like in the US you've got the whole like terrifying police force situation yeah but like they wouldn't shoot someone for just like having a go they have legitimately shot people for just sleeping dude oh yeah shit oh Oh my god, it's just so horrible. Like, so, so like, yeah, like in that context, like subtweeting makes a ton of sense. It's like safe, you know, and if no one is listening to your experience except people who are in a similar situation, then truly it is a way to communicate. Yeah, but like applied to friendship, it, you know, it doesn't work quite as well. Or, or you know at all I just feel so bad for them but like but like at the same time I can't want to give them both a slap like like Rukmini touring with Cassie who like is like the keyboard player who usually plays with Neela and like Neela had been going on for ages about how she wanted to introduce the two of them but then like she's seeing the two of them together on tour and like genuinely thinking up scenarios where like they're both talking about her behind her back and all oh yeah because like you've never done that I'm man. 19 years old these girls are grown ass adults right here oh my god Chloe so like you think that means you get a pass like at what point do you think you learn all the stuff that makes you an adult like between 27 and 40 like I assume there's some sort of distance learning open university situation so like your mom and like her sisters all have it together then oh my god was I telling you about me Auntie Karen and like the online dating situation well, you've told us about it but our very attractive listeners have not heard about it okay okay that's an excellent point Sarah excellent point okay right so, 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 right, me auntie Karen, yeah, she broke up with her bloke, like, I don't know, like, four years ago or something, and, like, by broke up with, I mean, like, walked in on him, and the next door neighbour chick was there, and he's like, oh, well, you know, auntie Karen, you weren't exactly keeping things interesting, were you, can you blame me? Like, like I mean, I, I have heard that story a lot. Uh, and regardless of that fact, I will never get used to you saying that he said Auntie Karen, even though that's definitely not what he said. It's her name, Katie. It's her actual name. So shut up. Okay. So yes, Auntie Karen. Huh? She like proceeds to like eat her feelings for approximately four years. Then she signs up for Slim and World and then three months later signs up for Match.com. Like an actual queen. Well, well do not speak too soon, Sarah, because her queenness only lasted just kind of after she got her registration email. So like directly after that, she turns into this crazy neurotic like 16 year old like obsessing over whether a bloke's gone message her back like getting crazy upset when this one bloke that I'm pretty sure she was picking it up with like wedding dresses for like he told her that he wasn't interested but like it was nice to talk to her she was in our house roaring crying drinking all my good vodka because your poor auntie Karen has been having a tough time getting out there I had a tough time getting that vodka back through security. I could have been arrested with how much alcohol I got back from Tenerife that year. I mean, come on. Like, but, like, no, 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 no. Here, all right. So, so then she starts seeing this bloke, yeah? 
and like he's real nice and they like each other and like suddenly she's like picking out curtains and like retiling his bathroom and he's like whoa here my wife only divorced me last year this is a bit fast maybe we should put the brakes on she proceeds to straight up harass this poor man anytime she has a few drinks on her texts voicemails more voicemails apologies for the voicemails text where she takes back the voicemail apology and tells him to go fuck himself like I'm pretty sure he went into witness protection like there's no way that he can feel safe out there on them streets right now let's revisit the question like at what point do you think adults stop acting the way we do right now yeah like maybe never (laughs) like it was really human though like and and the fact that they were only interacting with each other through their online personas and updates while Rukmini was on tour like and like her her being out there performing and people being like super excited to see her like treating her as the the person to like break this barrier when when like Nila has been making music for years and the reactions have been like lukewarm at best but like then you've got Nila at home working on her new album on her own and committing to making it like a true reflection of herself and throwing all of her growth into it and both Neela and Rukmini completely misunderstand the other during that time completely yeah yeah like I really recognise that like that idea of like living in a vacuum when you're on your own and like spending tons of time online because like there's nothing else to do really and then like you're looking to interact with someone but they're really busy like that was yeah I've been there like and there's there's this one switch in the book that I really liked like like there are switches in viewpoints all the time almost always between Neela's point of view and Rukmini's um, point of view like there's there is um others in there but but that's the main kind of um I don't know format that the book takes I guess um but yeah, those those switches are used really, really clearly to show up the characters like completely missing each other and understanding like like Rukmini subtweets at Nila being like um, that feeling when your bestie records a new album and won't let you listen. Hashtag lol. And like Nila sends her the album like straight away and then Rukmini doesn't respond. But, and, you know, obviously Neela's like, shit. But no, we, we're not showing that, but that's that's kind of the feeling that you're left with. But then, like, we have an immediate switch to Rukmini's point of view. And she's there, like, listening to the album non-stop. And she's, like, reading tons into it. Like, the, the, the point of this album is that Neela's, like, celebrating herself. And Rukmini reads into that idea that she's actually celebrating being a more legitimate artist than Rukmini being being a richer person than Rukmini celebrating her own independence saying fuck you to friendship like both sides are feeding these storylines with their own second guessing kind of because they've been taught to second guess themselves in general as people given that people and artists actually given that people listen to white people's music pretty much just because it exists and people of color have to work 20 million times harder to get anywhere near the same exposure of course you're going to second guess yourself read into um, whatever messages are there to, to make sure that you make it I guess yeah, yeah, that Mumford and Sons clone from the very beginning of the book and then and then the Taylor Swift knockoff that takes Rukmini on tour like she's doing her the, the hugest favour that anyone has ever done anyone. Like it's it's really gross, the difference in the way Nila and Rukmini are treated compared to those musicians. Yeah, and like, is that like enforced competition between the two of them? Like that's what brings all that storytelling and stuff to, to a head. 
yeah like it's so horrible when you feel a certain way about something and you genuinely don't think you can tell anyone about it and definitely not the other person that's involved because you're pretty sure that if you do say something it'll kill your entire relationship but your relationship is already really tense because you're already competing with yourself to I don't know like not be the ugly one in the group or not be the boring one in the group or the only one that isn't in a relationship or whatever mm. like it's so horrible when you realize you've been like comparing yourself to other people like that like like there's this gross ranking system for humans or something ah here that's never happened to you Saoirse I will have you know that it very much has like school is really bad for it like like feeling really threatened if someone shows up who's like better than you at like your subjects like or back when I did Irish dancing like if someone that I thought was like below me like got better like through actual like practice and hard work you know on their side like I would like genuinely full-on hate them like it's so bad it's it's really weird that like you get attached to like an identity isn't it like like that you have to prove you deserve to be somewhere like like that they they can't get rid of you because you're the whatever one the good looking one the funny one whatever it is and like that must be 10 million times worse for people that can't be recognised not that can't but aren't recognised anyway because they're of a certain race or of a certain identity like it's just yeah I just I don't know and then you bring social media into it and then you've got an actual metric of how many people like it and like if it's not happening it's gonna make you feel even worse that's what's going to have you lash out and say things you don't mean which is what happens which is what happens yeah but like after, like, yeah, no, that, that is what happens. But, like, after what was cool was with Neela being so, oh, yeah, other people are shit <laughs> at the beginning of the book. Like, it was it was pretty cool, like, in a super, like, horrible way to see her, like, all missing Rickmini and, like, worrying that she's, like, hoarder and, like, wanting to make sure she's okay and all that kind of stuff when everything kind of blows up. Yeah, like, Neela's got this, like major depth of like sisterly affection okay it's like all right what What? (laughs) no 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 that was just that was just unexpected katie no keep going um okay oh my god you're reading into our reaction right now katie well it's kind of hard not to mind no 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 this is a really good point yeah what what do you think we're thinking like that i'm gonna embarrass myself or like that 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 i already have maybe Uh chunk up (laughs) Did you genuinely learn, first of all, I'm pretty sure you pronounced that wrong, but did you learn the word for correct in Korean? Well, first of all, I pronounced that flawlessly. And second of all, it's not like I learned it. It's just you can't help but pick that up when I'm watching all the quizzes that me boys be kidding. Am I right, girls? But no, no, no. Like, hey, like, no, no. I I just didn't think we were going to get that deep that fast. But like, it's a good point. Like, I agree with it. I mean, I'd have made it better, but, like, you can't have it every way. Okay, all right, yeah, go on. Like, how would you have made it better then? What? You said you would have made the point better than Katie. Chloe, come on, what would you have said instead? Like, I would have... What? 
No, the thing is, Jersey's are eating into Katie's time. Katie, please tell us about Neela's depth of like sisterly affection. Gossip show, come on. Gossip <laughs> show. <laughs> no, like, um, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's like truly hurt on like Rukmini's behalf. Like, especially when the idea that Neela and Rukmini's like falling out becomes like news and people don't want to pile on and like attach other meanings to the situation get involved. Like, it's pretty cool that Neela is like really offended and hurt for Rukmini even though they haven't been speaking and like Nila even gets the chance to subtweet her apologies and retractions of her lashing out which is like a super vulnerable place to put her in uh, like to put herself in and that's like not something she would have been willing to do coming from where she was coming from at the beginning of the book I think yeah yeah there's like a real feeling of like Nila growing in like strength through the friendship that she and Rukmini share like she's able to make stands she wouldn't have made previously I think or it's not that she's able to she kind of chooses to I guess she always had the, the ability but like and she creates work that she might not have created otherwise and and yeah been vulnerable with people which seems like something she definitely wouldn't have done previously yeah like, Rukmini doesn't growl as much. No, no, I wouldn't agree with that. Like, uh, I think the she not that she's in a rot at the beginning of the the this book, but like where she excels, Nila is is where she's like putting herself out there. Nila protects herself, but Nila has this technical expertise and like belief in her craft that I think she imparts on on Rukmini so it's kind of it's yeah that's a different kind of growth I think that that Rukmini goes goes into like and like the fact is like she confronts as well her relationship with Malika then through that the fact that she she's out there making work the whole thing with Subaltern Speaks comes up and she has to confront that relationship and like yeah that falling out seems to have like haunted her a bit since she left college like directly or indirectly so she does she does end up in a position to get closure on that situation one way or another yeah yeah and I do I do think yeah like you say Clee she does she does gain direction from being around Neela like that that Neela's got that that laser focus on on what she wants to do um like as tough an experience that ends up being for Rukmini it's still something she wanted and and being friends with Neela gave her the tools to do that yeah, they really do seem to be one of those friend couples that, like, genuinely bring out the best in each other. Like, provided they're in the same room. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think a big part of that is, like, being in a, an ethnic group or a, a gender identity group or any other kind of minority. Like, if that makes you the type of person, in quotes, like, that your chosen profession, you know, doesn't want to give work to, like... <sighs> Like, that's a big part of it. Like, in that type of environment, the version of yourself that you have online is the version that potential employers or consumers need to see for you to, like, make it. So if you're only interacting with that version of someone you know, like, that will make you believe that your best friend is your arch nemesis in like 2.5 milliseconds like it's just that's the situation it's it's even more like fraught with 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 danger than it would be for for someone who is not in in those minority groups 
like that's genuinely it like like that's that's 100% the situation from from reading the book like like being an independent artist sucks a decent amount of the time but for people that don't look like the people that hand out record deals things seem to suck a significant amount more like dude like Vivek Shraya is such a legend like I genuinely cannot handle it like for real dude like seriously like you everyone listening you can find the subtweet at all good bookshops and on Kindle and Apple books you can find out more about Vivek Shraya at vivekshraya.com um, if you liked the snippet of Neela slash Rukmini's every song at the beginning of the show check out her music on iTunes or Spotify oh my god did I tell you guys I was listening to like the two attached EP and I didn't realise it was on Noel's Spotify and he like came into my room yesterday talking about like why was I listening to some songs by like a trans woman and it's gonna fuck up his algorithm okay no no this is is the last straw this is the last straw how much is a bus ticket to Galway I'm gone this needs to get sorted (laughs) no he's still not messing but that prick has been asking for it ever since he wore Katie's Phineas and Ferb t-shirt to that Halloween party so stretched out you guys it's so sad his reign of terror must end girls it's over oh, that's, that's um, all the more reason to, to stream to Attached or Vivek Shraya's solo work on Spotify YouTube or iTunes it's all part of Operation Noel Would Want to Fuck Off I mean it's just an excellent title for our operation <laughs> on the other hand we will be back in a couple of weeks with our um, next show on LGBT classic Stone Butch Blue um, until then, um, be sound to each other. Wash your hands. Get your vaccine. Um, like and subscribe to the podcast on uh, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Um, like and follow us on our various um, social media platforms. Um, it helps other folks see see our stuff. And um, yes, also let's try to keep Chloe out of prison. That that would be helpful. I'm going. Don't even try to stop me, girls. <laughs> <laughs> This week on Didoy, we talk vaccine reactions. Who's had them? Who's are worse? And is man flu real? I developed the feet of an 82-year-old home economics teacher. You know where their feet swell up out of those standard issue skin colour, but also somehow grey shoes, like the yeast in their lower extremities has just been activated. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. I had the hugest hive on my upper lip for like a whole day and my lecturer made me turn on my camera and it was so horrible. I just can't. Yeah, I had to just go to bed and I couldn't do anything except like get a pizza and not finish my assignment. Like I really don't think need for pizza counts as a side effect there, Kev. Ah, but it's better to be safe though, D, isn't it? Like in in this case, like no. I really think you should have finished that assignment, genuinely. Yeah, no, you couldn't take that kind of chance again, like, not after last time. What does that mean, man? Okay, so, like, picture the scene, like, it's Rag Week 2019, and I've spent all night passed out behind the students' union in just a tutu. No, seriously, like, that conversation went on for at least ten more minutes. Like, I don't know why, but, you know, you gotta tune in. Didoy. Thursdays.